rat people. I am back. Hello, everyone. Uh, this is Jen Kesnick, and you're listening to You Be You, and I'll Be Me. It has been a minute. Um, the last podcast I did was months ago, June, in fact, um, with Emily Rideout, who's an astro yoga teacher and folklorist. Uh, I have since had Emily read my astrological chart as well, which was fascinating. She did a great job. It was really cool. So if you missed that podcast, you should go back and check it out. She's a gem and a wealth of knowledge. Very interesting. And if you know about astrology and astro yoga, you'll be completely entertained. And if you don't, who knows, maybe you will learn something new. Uh, I do think one of the most important things to do in life for ourselves is to never stop having what they refer to as a beginner's mind. Um, We're all good at something, but if we stick to the things that we've already mastered, the things that are, could be our specialties, we can't grow and learn and keep on going that never ending quest of who we are. And more importantly, what our potential is, which is hopefully unlimited. Um, but the reason why it's taken me so long to get back into the podcast saddle, so to speak, were a few reasons, honestly, one of them being just like we all fall off the wagon, so to speak of, you know, going to the gym every day, eating right, you know, whatever it is that you're consistently doing. And sometimes life happens and it knocks you off your path for a bit. Um, and all of a sudden you skip the gym one too many days in a row and you're in a slump. Like that was definitely part of it. Um, but sometimes you need to go through some things to figure out how to get back on your path, you know, human. And sometimes you just need to regroup and figure out what works for you now. Um, that was part of my hiatus for sure. I stepped off the path and took my time finding my way back, uh, to being excited about, you know, being consistent. If life ebbs and flows, I was in a podcast ebb for sure. It happens. The main reason why I stepped away from sitting down on the reg was that I hadn't been feeling well for quite some time. Um, and I'm not a wallower. I don't ever like feel sorry for myself. And to a fault, I push through pain like so many, you know, so many people, um, but so many women, you know, there's just no time for you to complain about something. Nobody cares. Uh, and I don't mean that in like plenty of people care about me. You just, I hold myself to a standard of, you know, like there's no time for that. You have things to do. So trudge forward. Um, you know, if I'm tired, so what, who isn't get up and do what you need to do. Long distance runner and bow hunter Cameron Hames, who I first heard of on the Mecca of all podcasts, the Joe Rogan podcast, um, has a tagline that says keep hammering. And even, I even bought a shirt from his website that says nobody cares, work harder. And I love that mentality. I identify with that. Um, we started a family when I was 20 years old and I didn't have, I didn't stop having kids for a decade. You know, I had four kids in my twenties. So I pretty much have been tired my whole adult life, (laughs) but I'm a firm believer that I created that. I made that situation, so it's no one's fault that I'm tired. It's just the way it is. Nobody cares. Work harder. Um, But it was around in my early 20s that I was first diagnosed with hypothyroidism or Hashimoto's disease. Um, I had two babies, and I knew that it wasn't easy, but I was, like, unusually exhausted for being such a young, seemingly healthy person. So... 
uh, I went to an endocrinologist and was prescribed Synthroid and so began my 25-year seesaw with my health. And if you have Hashimoto, then you know it's not something that once you get one prescription, you're good to go. It's an ongoing tweaking of meds and every doctor has their own philosophy of what works and what doesn't work. Um, and we've moved around. So I switched doctors over the years and all of them prescribing a different drug rug, and a different dose. And looking back now, I know that like none of it was working. Um, what never having had the right meds did do for me though, is that it made me seek out instinctually holistic methods to quote unquote, feel better. I honestly didn't even know why I was doing it or why, um, or how, but I knew I was, but now I know I was saving myself. You know, I, I was always a seeker, like what's that modality? I want to try it. You know, I'm always up for trying new things like, you know, that's yoga. I'll try yoga. That's, you know, underwater basket weaving yoga. I'll try that too. You know, I just, I just like trying new things, but all of these things collectively were really like saving myself, um, all this time. So it started with meditation and breath work. Our firstborn was your textbook firstborn, driven, a perfectionist, a person who wanted everyone in the room to be happy. Uh, she would literally tap dance. You know, she was a tap dancer. And if she would do like a soft shoe and, you know, put on a big show just to make you smile, because at a very young age, she felt this um, responsibility, you know, to work hard and um, keep everybody in the room smiling. Uh, what that also brought on was a lot of self-induced, and I say self-induced, but we were young parents that gave her positive feedback for always being a quote-unquote good girl. Um, and kids don't want to let their parents down. They pick up on clues, even when they're babies, that, oh, this person is smi- this person who takes care of me is smiling at me when I do this and clearly doesn't like it when I do that. Um, so I'm sure we encouraged her quest for perfection and by the time she was eight years old, um, you know, oldest of four, much responsibility came with that. Big sister, help your brother, help your sisters, be a good girl, smile, be charming for adults and polite to teachers, do well in school, be the lead in the dance, go, 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 you know, and it all became way too much for her. And she started feeling anxious and stressed. And I had children so young and it was very important to me to prove to myself and to anyone looking or judging, which, you know, I probably, who knows, I probably wasn't at all. Like people could, they're living their own life. They're not looking at me, but I just felt like I needed to also, you know, strive for that perfection in the way I parented. You know, I just tried to do everything right. And I got, I had every book, I watched every show, I had the subscription to the, every parenting magazine. Like I just wanted to do a good job and, you know, to do the best job I possibly could. So I took it very seriously. Um, I don't think I catered to my children. I think I cared for them. And there is a difference because catered to kids turn out to be, you know, entitled and cared for children turn out to be confident, independent, empathetic, and kind people. And I think if I don't say so myself, we raised four of those. Um, so when they struggled, I didn't pretend that they were perfect. I recognized that there were issues that needed to be dealt with, no sweeping anything under the rug, 
in order for me and for my husband to do our jobs, we needed to face things head on because how do you achieve the ultimate goal, which to me is, you know, success is having a a well-adjusted human who has been given all the support they need to thrive. So instead of telling her to stop being anxious and you have nothing to worry about, stop it, you know, I went to her pediatrician who was lovely, but what he said was, let's prescribe some low-dose anti-anxiety meds. And my chin almost hit the floor. I'm like, what? She's eight years old. Um, It just wasn't resonating with me at all. And having said that, I completely understand that there are children who need medication, and if that is what that child, his parents, and their physician decides what's best for them, then hey, a you be you, and I'll be me, I always say. I'm really not judging anyone who decides that's what is best for them, but because of the way I was raised, my default thought process was to always ask, what's the alternative? So I ended up calling the principal of our elementary school. And when you live in a small town with a tight-knit community, you can do things like that. I had a rapport with her, so I felt comfortable being honest with her. And she was part of the support system, a member of the team, you know. And when they say it takes a village, it's true. And if you're fortunate enough to have family and friends and a community of people whose common goal is the ultimate success of your kid, then I don't really know if anything is more important in raising a child. So the principal was this woman in her 50s, and at the time I probably thought she was so old and wise. Uh, She'll help me. Sure enough, I told her the whole story, and she was familiar with Beth because, like I said, Beth was a superstar who who didn't know her. Everyone's favorite kid. She suggested that we start with some breath work, meditation, yoga to help offset some of this stress that this little kid was experiencing and, you know, keep in mind, there was no internet at the time. So I somehow found a kid's yoga VHS tape called EIEI Yoga. And we would put that in the VCR and it had a farmland theme, simple yoga routine, a segment that did some simple breathing exercises and some visualization geared for children to understand. And it helped her and it helped me too. It sparked an interest in me And I started my own yoga practice, and that was over 20 years ago. And it started me on the path I find myself mostly on today. Uh, When my youngest was in school full-time a few years later, I decided to become certified to teach yoga. And that rolled into getting certifications to teach more and more and more. I took all kinds of classes. I went on all kinds of retreats. I collected certifications and just began teaching everything I could Um, Even if I wasn't certified for something, you know, I I took a thousand spin classes. So when my local gym said, hey, can you teach this? I was like, yep. You know, my philosophy is, you know, say yes and figure it out later. Um, It can be scary to do that, but isn't life more exciting when you're pushing yourself out of your comfort zone? You know, I think it is. I like it like that. And when I'm about to take a new hard class that I never took before and I walk in a little afraid, it's a chance to make yourself proud. You know, I just uh, a chance to challenge yourself and we need challenges. Our life in this day and age, even as crazy as it is, is way too freaking easy. You know, it's we're not having to hunt for food and, you know, just survive. We're, it's just so cushy. Like you need to challenge yourself. Our D- it's in our DNA. We need to challenge ourselves by doing things like this. So anyway, I digress. I eventually took a class on energy 
and the chakras that really intrigued me. Um, and I remembered a friend talking in the past about her quote unquote energy lady that she saw. And so I called her up and asked for her lady's number. And funny enough, when I ended up calling, I realized I had already had her number in my phone. I had asked for it in the past, um, but never did anything with it because it didn't mean anything to me yet. Um, you know, I was like, oh, that's interesting. But until I had that experience of working with energy, I didn't understand what that meant. Um, so I guess, you know, the teacher appears when the student is ready. If I had called her the year before, um, my experience with her definitely would not have resonated with me as much and would not have made such a profound impact on my life. So just don't ever forget that everything happens when it's supposed to happen. Uh, don't stress. I made an appointment with my energy lady and I met with her and we started talking. And honestly, at the time, I didn't perceivably have a care in the world. You know, great husband, great kids, great friends, great life, all good in the hood. And she said, sit down and tell me about yourself. And I said, well, I'm married to Mark and I have these kids and blah, blah, blah. And then she said, after I was finished, that sounds so wonderful. But this time, why don't you answer the question and tell me about yourself? And I just stared at her because I had nothing to say. And I burst into tears at the revelation that I felt like, who the hell was I if I wasn't a wife and a mother? Um, you know, it was a complete revelation. And she ended the ses session with Reiki. And I found myself like completely transformed by the experience. And I knew that I wanted Reiki to be a part of my life. Um, you know, what was that? I asked her when it was over, and she said, that is Reiki. So after seeing her regularly for a few years and studying with her, I took her Reiki 1 and 2 practitioner training, and daily Reiki is life-altering for me. You know, I think anything that you are into is what is transformational for you. You know, the nutritionists say it's all about what you put into your body, and the trainers at the gym say, you know, you have to work out, and some people say... You need to meditate daily, and yogis think you have to do yoga, and runners say you've got to get that runner's high. So I think as long as you are living a balanced life, whatever your daily practice is, is what is right for you. But the key is consistency, and isn't that true of all things? You can't discipline a kid one time and hope they come out great, and you can't eat one salad and wear your skinny jeans, and you can't meditate on a mountaintop one time and think you've achieved enlightenment. So to be consistent is the key to having something actually work for you. So cut to a few years ago, I had a new doctor. Uh, she seemed great and probably is great, but she prescribed me meds for my thyroid. And just like all the other times, I couldn't tell if it was working or not because I didn't feel any different. You know, looking back, obviously, this means it wasn't working, but I was seeing a physician that I trusted, um, and they knew better than me, so I guess just keep hammering. Uh, I had grown more lethargic. I still remained physically active, but that was just part of my life. But my weight gain was substantial enough that even though I was barely eating at this point, I didn't have an appetite, so I would usually eat like once a day. Um, I was tired to do cardio, to do too much cardio, but I would walk. Uh, I still did yoga, still practiced daily Reiki, so I was getting by. 
Uh, I had heard about this doctor who treated some friends of mine. She was an anti-aging family wellness doctor. And a friend said she went to her for B12 shots that really helped her with her energy. And I wanted to go to her, but she didn't take my insurance. And I just figured I'd stick it out with the doctor that I was going to and figure it out. But I couldn't figure it out. I was exercising, eating few calories a day. Of course, I wasn't foregoing wine. Uh, but still, I wasn't drinking enough to make my significant weight gain make any sense. So finally, my vanity got the better of me, and I made an appointment to see Dr. Fierro uh, last June. Her office said they would send over the script for the blood work and the doc- that the doctor required for my first appointment. That would be at the end of July. So I got the script and went and got the extensive blood work done. I think they took no exaggerations, like 18 to 20 vials of blood. Uh, so much that halfway through the phlebotomist had to switch arms because one vein ran out of blood. I'm like, how do I run out of blood? Am I dead? Um, a few days later, I got a call from the doctor's office and they said, hey, can you come in tomorrow instead? And I was like, oh no, that's not a good sign. But I said yes. And the next day I drove to her office and I met with the doctor, Caroline Fierro. She's awesome. If you are on Long Island, she's in Aquabog. Google her. And if you can, um, you know, if you're at this stage of the game and you want to see someone who will do extensive blood work and get to the bottom of whatever is going on, she's the one to do it. So I met with her and we started chatting. And I answered her questions about how I was feeling. I said, fine. Um, she finally, after a few minutes, stopped and looked up at me and just said, I have to stop you and just say, the person standing in front of me and the person whose blood work I'm looking at are like two totally different people. Because this, she said, as she was like pointing at my chart, is alarming and you're in distress. Um, Which I was shocked to hear. But the thyroid medicine I was on and had been on for the last three years was completely ineffectual. So it was doing nothing. So it wasn't like I was doing anything for three years in a row. Um, So when your thyroid doesn't work, your adrenal uh, system kicks into overtime. So to compensate, I was in like adrenal overload. Um, I used to jump out of bed every morning at 5 a.m., sometimes even 4 a.m., and walk down to the beach, take a sunrise picture for Instagram. It became like my thing. I thought it was, you know, discipline that made me get up. And But what I was finding out is that my cortisol levels were so high and my adrenaline was so out of control that I couldn't sleep if I tried. And when you live with adrenal fatigue, your body is in a constant state of having that physiological response, that fight or flight. Um, But there's no danger or reason for adrenaline to kick in. So it would just create all these symptoms, you know, and I would self-medicate with wine at night so I could sleep and do it all over again. It was a carousel of like unhealthy and ultimately what could have been very dangerous uh, habits. And the first thing she asked me is if she said, uh, do you have a spiritual practice? And I said, yeah, I do. She said, what do you do? I'm like, you name it. She said, do you meditate? Yes. Yoga and Pilates? Yes. Breath work? Yes. I said, I'm a Reiki master, so I have a self-Reiki practice for over 10 years now. And she sat back and she said, well, all of that is exactly why you walked in on here, in here with a bounce in your step and a smile on your face because this person, she, you know, looking at my chart, should be crawling in here on all fours 
if she could even get out of bed. She said, you're actually a goddamn miracle. So I was shocked. I knew that she was going to tell me to like lay off the wine and maybe change my medication, but I didn't know that I was actually putting my body through the proverbial ringer and was actually a very sick person. And like I said, I've been tired for, you know, 30 years. Suck it up, buttercup. Nobody cares. Uh, You still have to do what you have to do. And she prescribed me a new dose of Synthroid, the medication I was originally on a a lifetime ago. Uh, She was like, no more wine. What? She gave me a list of supplements I was to start taking immediately and told me to cut out sugar, dairy, gluten, and nightshades, which are like peppers, tomatoes, onions, mushrooms, eggplant. No eggs. Fine, I don't like eggs, so no problem. Um, But all that other stuff, I was like, what is left to eat, miss? Uh, I left her office pretty excited and determined and followed. And what followed was I stopped the wine, followed her food restrictions, took the medication and supplements. In two weeks, I had lost 12 pounds. And by the end of the summer, not only was I down 30, which I very desperately needed to lose. I look back in pictures now and I'm like, uh... WTF? Are you kidding me right now? Uh, But I had my energy back. I wasn't waking up for sunrise pictures anymore because I was actually sleeping. And I come from a long line of women who don't seem to require much sleep. So I just thought, that's just the way I am. And suddenly I was opening my eyes to a clock that said six or seven, which to most people is still super early. But to me, that was like sleeping in. Uh, I had the energy to work out for real, not just to bullshit meander around the neighborhood and call it a, you know, a walk. My thoughts were clear. I could focus on things and not get distracted, which is also a symptom of having a thyroid situation. Um, Within a few minutes, I would just, you know, tackling most tasks, by a few minutes into it, I would definitely be, you know, looking out the window, checking my phone, kind of all over the place. And now I feel like I have this clarity. You know, I did still get things done, but it was much harder. I had to force myself to sit there and do things. And now it's, you know, kind of much easier. Um, And much to my husband Mark's delight or not, he's been asking me for years to play golf. And I would, but it was always under duress, you know, like, "Eh, why are we doing this? Um, I didn't have the attention span to play more than a few holes And when he did ask me to play, I would think, you know, I want to bust out my workout in the morning when my adrenaline was kicking in. And then by the afternoon when he wanted to go play, I would be exhausted. And I would just think like, why would you go play golf when you could be laying down somewhere? You know, I would just drag ass around for the rest of the day. Uh, And I started when I started to understand what it was felt like to feel well, not just okay and getting by, but like great. It was last summer, um, the summer of my 50th birthday, and I had more energy and even more important, more hope than I have had in years uh, because I didn't even know, but one of the side effects was depression, and I, I didn't even know I was depressed until I wasn't anymore. And it's ironic that someone who has dedicated so much time and practice to listening to my body was, you know, I was actually speaking like a totally different language all along, you know. I thought I knew myself so well. I thought, you know, I knew what my body could do and, you know, all, and I really had no idea that pushing myself and, you know, acting like I was tough and toughing it out was the last thing I should have been doing. 
So I've used these months in my, since my last podcast to heal. You know, what is it? physician heal thyself. It's even in the Bible. Uh, you know, have I had wine? I have, but I pick my spots, you know, for a nice dinner out or an occasion. And I have veered off the diet path uh, or the food restriction path here and there because, you know, I'm not going to, if you invite me over to your house for dinner and I'm going to be like, chicken parm, I don't eat that. What else can you make me? You know, I just don't want to be that person. So when I'm on my own, I stick to it. She doesn't agree. She thinks that I should be very regimented no matter what. But, you know, life, whatever. I'm flexible. Um, And I am a human being. And one of life's greatest pleasures to me is food and wine. But I think the goal is to find joy, not pleasure. Because pleasure is fleeting and joy stays. So I'm a work in progress, as we all are. I'm so thankful I finally found what I needed to feel better and not just feel better, but to thrive. You know, I'm excited about life and the future. And it's true what they say, your greatest wealth is health. Because if you don't have that, it's hard to get excited about anything. I was really thankful that my path led me to a daily practice that literally saved my life. And as I said to Mark, holy shit, this stuff really works. Um, So thank you for listening. I'm back in the groove and we'll be more consistent with my podcast from here on out. Um, I can't put out one podcast and become an overnight sensation. I'll keep talking sometimes by myself and sometimes with other people. I really appreciate you listening. I have some exciting podcasts coming up and I'm going to do one once a week consistently. uh, And I hope that you stay on the path with me. Um, If you like this, you can still go to iTunes and rate and review, uh, subscribe, all that good stuff. Thanks, you guys. Take care. Peace.